0: Hello and welcome back ladies and gentlemen to another historical humans podcast. It is the dead of summer, which means only one thing and it means God's greatest holiday is upon us. US Independence Day. USA, <laughs> USA, <laughs> USA.
1: Yes, uh yes, hello my less than patriotically dressed friends. I'm here in the color blue, the one of the American flag colors. Uh, The rest of you appear to be the starry void from which the stars came from.
0: (laughs) Actually, I I prepared for Uh this, and I've been Um, waiting
1: for this. Ah, Yes, Justin has his his out
0: there, yep. My deodorant's red, white, and blue. Hey, this is an American company, red, white, and blue. I found this shit at Wrigley Field during a Cubs game, which is the most American thing. It features American flags, baseballs, hot dogs, it is the single most patriotic thing to wear. My yeah. medication's red, white, and blue. <laughs> Go ahead and take your medication. Yeah. All right. So yes, <laughs> so we're so talking.
1: You about... after a beating. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. We are here, of course, to celebrate the holiday in which Abraham Lincoln rides a giant bald eagle into the center of a football stadium, and. Uh... <laughs> And sings the national anthem.
0: To quote, to quote, um, Nick Offerman's character from Parks and Rec.
1: Oh man, don't.
0: <laughs> Nothing, nothing <laughs> happened before 1776. At least nothing important. Or actually, that's a bit of a paraphrase. Yeah.
1: So anyway, uh, so for the, to bring us up for Independence Day here, Independence Day for the United States is celebrated on july 4th um and it commemorates the passage of the declaration of independence by the continental congress of the united states all the way back in the year 1776.
0: that was a great
1: year Uh, yeah now congress the only year that matters yep yeah now congress had voted in favor of independence two days earlier on july 2nd of 1776 but the final draft of the declaration of Independence was not approved until the 4th of July. Um, which means that July 4th became the date uh, inscribed on the original copy of the Declaration of Independence because that was the day it was finally finished. Oh, July 2nd doesn't have... yeah. Um... July
0: 2nd doesn't have a nice ring to it, though. July 4th, though. Uh,
1: additionally, uh, this meant that July 4th uh, became very popularized as a patriotic date because it was became the date that was printed on what is known as the dunlap broadsides uh which were copies of the declaration of independence that were distributed uh almost like flyers throughout the 13 colonies so that everyone in every city or township could come and read or have read to them uh the words of the new nation uh Mm -hmm. as it was uh you know, as it was thusly formed.
0: Wait, so they had a bunch of copies made? Yeah. yeah so uh, Nicholas cool. yeah, Cage yeah. somewhere yeah. is like <laughs> thriving. Wait, so how do we know? How do we know that the declaration, the Declaration of Independence that we have, like in like what the is that in the Smithsonian? Uh, it's in the National, the National Archives. How do we know the that's actually. the actual one, or it's not a copy? Uh, well,
1: I've, I've been there. Um, it is the actual one. Uh, yeah. It does have. Uh, it does have the. Uh, um, inscription on the back uh deep you know basically marking it as such uh there, sorry oh i didn't know on that the backside. there is writing on the back side
0: there actually oh. is an interesting story that came out a couple of years ago from nashville a woman purchased a portrait at a like thrift shop or pawn shop and in the back of the case of the painting she removed the backing she found an original copy of the declaration of independence Okay, you guys remember yeah, that? It's like the Roman it. bust in Texas, <laughs> y'all.
1: On that broadside,
0: <laughs> y'all. If it's not in the, if you're missing, if the world is missing artifacts and it's not in the British Museum, go check an American pawn shop. <laughs> Seriously, like there are a lot of <laughs> cases of really <laughs> prominent finds. <laughs>
1: There's probably, like, a missing Picasso somewhere in, like, Oklahoma. The British British put it in a glass box and tell everyone to screw off or staring at it. The Americans sell it for uh, whiskey money and then leave it somewhere. Uh, You gotta love (laughs) imperialism.
0: So, yeah, they found a copy, and she had it validated. And it was, like, marketed as the find of the century because of how rare. (laughs)
1: Oh, that is very (laughs) That is great. i I did not get to hear about that but uh the uh yes uh so the declaration of independence itself was written by thomas jefferson in consultation uh with a committee appointed expressly for this purpose uh made up of john adams benjamin franklin roger sherman and william livingston and before we go any further i just want to take a moment uh for us all to acknowledge how hard it is to get Thomas Jefferson and John Adams to agree on anything. <laughs> these men did not like each other. Uh, they are the third and second presidents of the United States of America, respectively. Uh, Jefferson actively sabotaged uh, Adams's entire presidency. Yeah, uh, is it? needed each other.
0: Yeah, that's right, because back then, it was still the runner-up, was the VP, yeah. and yeah. Thomas Jefferson was part of the uh, anti Federalist, wasn't he? Um, yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. Tom Fishman's anti-Federalist because John Adams was backed by George Washington and uh, Alexander Hamilton, uh, and Hamilton was one of the leading Federalists.
0: Hamilton was the lead Federalist.
1: He <laughs> wasn't one of. He was the lead.
0: He who penned the Federalist Papers.
1: No, he, yeah, yeah, but he wasn't, yeah, but he wasn't necessarily the lead Federalist on account of the fact that he could never, uh, he, he never could um, make, shall we say high political office without other people's help because he was very uh, politically untenable for certain reasons.
0: So is Roger Sherman William Sherman's ancestor?
1: I do not know that. All I know Uh, is that this was one of the people at the... I do believe so. I believe there was a colonial
0: uh, Mm -hmm. connection there. I'll say you'd be surprised. Like I always say, like stuff like this uh, is always really interesting to see how far back, because we don't really have like lineages that we really follow closely. Even George Washington's lineage is like kind of more of like a fun fact rather than anything else. So when you see a few last names this early on, you kind of want to ask that question: Are they related?
1: Uh, so i'm I'm looking around a little bit. I am finding evidence that, yes, uh, Roger Sherman uh, may have been related to uh, the um, may have been related to William Sherman. Uh, I'm not getting anything particularly uh, uh, clear on it, but uh, it believes so via a man named Henry Sherman.
0: All right, that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, uh, there is a lot of recurring names uh, in this family tree that I am pulling up, including the very confusing fact that uh, Roger Sherman, the founding father, uh, his father was William Sherman, so uh, there's a lot of recursive things on that as well. Good old naming traditions. English naming. We have seven names, and we will use them all.
0: (laughs) But, yeah, so it's it's interesting that You can pull a lot of lineages. If you look at the list of all the signatories, there are some really, really prominent names there. And of the prominent names, I mean, what? In total, there were, what, 56 uh, signatories from the 13 colonies? Yep, yep. And then one of the most prominent ones, which everyone refers to, is John Hancock. Because he wrote his name the biggest, but also, he was the first signatory. And when you're the first, you set the pace. Yeah. Uh, the man wrote the biggest <laughs> as yes. he possibly could. Yeah. Imagine, yeah. imagine yeah. like some ad, like everybody else who was trying to sign. There's like, goddamn. There's just only a little bit of room left. Yeah. He's got like a really <laughs> long last name, so he had to like scribble. Yeah.
1: Uh, he had a very uh, fun and patriotic uh reasoning for that. Uh, he said that when they sent the uh, when they sent the copy to uh, King George, he didn't want the king to need his reading glasses to know who had signed it. Oh, that's where like the
0: american patriotism comes from like
1: <laughs> he that. really he really hated george the third he's where he's
0: yeah, the he's the one who sparked kind of the american american tradition of of Bigger's making better. sure you know where this where it, insert it. thing here comes from
1: no he he's definitely started the bigger is better trend for sure oh uh, jesus anyway it's funny you should bring up uh uh t- uh you know John John Hancock uh, because John Hancock is in fact one of only two people to actually sign the Declaration of Independence on July 4th oh. uh, when, it w- when it was presented uh to co- to the Continental Congress on July 4th it was only signed by John Hancock and Charles Thompson who signed as an approval of the final draft by the Continental Congress as Hancock and Thompson were serving as both president and secretary of the Continental Congress, respectively. And so they were signing it as sort of like, yes, we have read this, and we approve of the words here, and we'll gather everybody else up to sign it uh, in time, as they had to kind of gather the other uh, 54 signities from the 13 colonies. Assemble the the team! (laughs) Assemble the squad! And uh, for those who... And for those who don't know, uh, these 13 colonies became the first 13 states of the USA, uh, which now holds 50.
0: Well, and it it also, I think, should be very much noted that to be an early signatory is a really big step, because at this point, what they're doing is actively treason against the king, and, you know to have your name be one of two on there. A lot of people could have backed down and the whole thing could have fallen yeah. apart, but you, everyone needed to commit. And for those first two people, yeah. that was a really big sign. And again, going back, Hancock signing his name large really gave a lot of confidence into what they were trying to sell.
1: Yeah. And, uh, uh, the other 54 men, uh, who signed it, they had a whole month to back out as the Continental Congress does not sign the, uh, Declaration of Independence until August 2nd Ooh. of 1770. So they had a whole, they had a whole nother month to sit there and say, wait, 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 are we doing this?
0: Yeah, like, you guys sure? Um, are, are, we, are we still yeah. on?
1: Like, uh, of course, you know, it was kind of already said and done uh, as they had all already voted to create a Declaration of Independence. So everyone was kind of already had a foot in the boat.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's like, I mean, because it's not like, it's not like the Constitution where, like that required a lot more debating. And this one was more of like, what, what is the reason for this declaration? Why and how, I guess? Because either way, at, this didn't exactly have to end in independence. This could have literally just ended in increased autonomy, you know, more representation. But this was like, like this. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, if, this if was you're... basically just saying
0: why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah.
1: Well, if you read through the Declaration of Independence, um, it actively accuses uh, George III of, um, of declaring war on the colonies in two forms. Uh, first, uh, through the uh, deployment and levying of armed troops against the 13 colonies. And the second, by uh, bribing the indigenous tribes on the borders of the 13 colonies to raid and kill uh, civilians. <laughs> It accuses King George the Third of of hire, of hiring out Native American tribes to murder American colonists.
0: Oh no! American conspiracy theories go back farther than I thought.
1: Except, no. unfortunately, oh my god, one this did. the f- that it's was not fun. a conspiracy theory. He, that that, that one was real. That was he did. True, yeah. um, the the language behind it is incredibly outdated, but yes, um, they um, the Native Americans. Uh, on the borders of the 13 colonies, were very eager for vengeance against the 13 colonies following the Seven Years' War, also known as the French and Indian War, where the members of the 13 colonies under the British flag had conquered uh, a a good deal of their territory. So it wasn't too much for the King of England to say, hey, I'll give that back if you murder them. Not to mention, not to mention...
0: The ones that did side with the British, the British still killed and took their lands. Yeah, like they so, they, yeah. they allied with the British, and then the British went. That's a lovely parcel of land you have. Yeah. Wait a oh, oh, minute. Wasn't it, it was, also it's, that it's, the it's, colonists it's, it's, couldn't settle past a certain point? Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. The uh, yeah. So there was a uh, line drawn on the map uh, that basically uh, meant that anything after this point is not property of anyone except for King George himself and the American colonists are forbidden from going and settling there. Which very much angered the American colonists, uh, because their colony charters says, uh, for all 13 colonies, said that Pennsylvania extends from the shoreline on the uh, eastern seaboard all the way to the coast of the Pacific Ocean.
0: Yeah, the line, I believe, was the Ohio River. I want to say it was the Ohio Ohio River, but it may have even been the Appalachian. Oh, yeah, because um, I do remember um, yeah, back in it, high school, it, it, those old maps they used to show where, like, Virginia just extended outward. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, all 13 colonies extended, like, the stripes on the American flag all the way out, presumably ad nauseum until you hit ocean. And then it continued into Asia.
0: <laughs> it circled back but around. Like,
1: like, that was what the official charter stated, and now King George was seen as renouncing that charter... By saying, hey, that land on your borders that I just seized, that's my personal property, and none of you filthy peasants can touch it. Even though you filthy peasants were the people who died for it.
0: I mean, like, I've heard of stories of, like, you know, stuff being, like, proper, like, certain land being, like, specifically property of the king, but to say the rest of the continents, the kings?
1: Yeah. Yeah. the the reason reason he wanted to do that was because the king was looking for um you know the king doesn't really gain anything by giving these colonies you know more land but if he were to form new colonies and gift them as property to say his current generals um like a man who would become very famous in the american revolutionary war a general cornwallis that would benefit the king king george quite nicely Uh, whereas honoring this agreement with people from halfway around the world that doesn't personally benefit the court of king george so the court of king george does not do this
0: also i want to point out the fact that maps and knowledge of territory at this time was practically non-existent i mean the spanish had conquered a lot of the pacific seaboard but we didn't know about a lot of the land in between i mean the french had barely gotten into the great lakes region by this time so for the king to say
1: all lands, yeah. Well, I, actually, by this time the French had figured out the Mississippi exists. Okay, so the Mississippi <laughs> that, yeah, is yeah, the yeah. extent Cause, uh, Yeah, because the se- Yeah, yeah. They the, the Seven Years' War is basically a battle over like British Columbia, for a lot of this stuff. But like the French had figured out the Mississippi by about this time, and uh, we knew that the river came down, and that was about it. The good old mighty miss. Yeah, the Spanish, uh, had figured out Texas and California were a thing, uh, and I don't think, I don't, yeah, the Russians would have just found Alaska.
0: Yeah, I was, I was just thinking Yeah, that's that under too. Catherine. The
1: Russians are within a few decades of Alaska at this point.
0: Yeah, that's, yeah, because they had their They're own thinking... expansion eastward, and then yeah, eventually yeah. Catherine gets to Alaska.
1: What a cursed yeah.
0: alternate timeline that could have been. Yeah,
1: there's, there's a lot of territory. So Anyway, back to Independence Day, um. The United States, uh, or as they were, the 13 colonies, they declare themselves, uh, uh, these united 13 colonies are states. They declare themselves states uh, in the Declaration of Independence. They are, of course, declaring independence from Great Britain, which was a very big and dangerous thing to do because Great Britain was the preeminent military power of the day. In the 18th century, the British army was the world's greatest army. This it had not been defeated in battle in at least half since Napoleon, and even then, they didn't really lose to Napoleon so much as suffered casualties.
0: The sun never sets over the British Empire.
1: Yeah, they were yeah they they were basically the one European nation that was left unconquered and did not pay tribute to Napoleon, so they were feared.
0: Yeah, and the I felt mean, British... like Napoleon could get there. Well, and yeah. it's also just kind of important to note that, yeah, they stood up to Napoleon, but at this point, the British Empire had deep roots all across the world, and their navy vastly outperformed even the second and third most powerful in the Spaniards. I mean, yeah. their their military projection yeah. would have... It honestly was the basis for the United States, which is kind of ironic how, like, the inspiration, oh. the artwork... <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie, like, mm-hmm. I mean, during this and early part of, col- I, I, I mean, mean obviously, yeah. like, colonialism goes back to, like, arguably to Christopher Columbus, but at this stage in colonialism, like, quite literally,
1: colonialism.
0: <laughs> quite literally, yeah, the those who ruled the seas had the greatest advantage of having colonial empires, and yeah, prior to Britain was Spain, and even then, the British took um, took out the Spanish Armada in the 1500s. Yeah.
1: yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. Spain was that much, and we did put a cart before the horse a little bit with the Napoleon example, as he, as the French Revolution is caused by the American Revolution. But just the fact that Napoleon can't Napoleon, who was probably the greatest general of uh, of his era, can't even put a dent in the British Empire.
0: Okay. No, because he was in he was in. Um... North Africa at the time so, during this so wasn't he? So
1: question for you, and, and, and I want you yeah, to but clarify Napoleon this. is not me. emperor of France in 1776.
0: So, so Colum, I want you to clarify this for me. All right. So yeah. we've already established that in this period of time, the British army and navy are the number one ultimate in the world. Yeah. Yeah. So the United States, this backwoods, backwater conglomerate of 13 yeah. different pockets of people, managed to beat an army that even Napoleon's Fully trained, fully professional staff of soldiers could not do. Yeah, except like a few years, and we a few, and we, and we, a few we years beat, later,
1: and we beat them with a man whose only military experience was building a fort at the bottom of a valley and losing a battle. I would I like the entirety of George Washington's military career under the British Empire.
0: <laughs> I'm not going to lie, um, great. It's. I for anyone who's who has like a mild interest in American Revolution, it is much more wild than you really think it is. Especially when you introduce Lafayette and <laughs> some of the jerk and some of the uh, Prussian uh, who came over to help standardize the American military. Because by God, Lafayette and George Washington is the first pre-colonial ship.
1: Listen, listen. Here's the thing, Lafayette is and the french are a big reason why the french revolution happens because all these french soldiers come over to train you know what are effectively peasants with guns uh it was american army was literally an army of farmers with Uh, guns and they come back (laughs) to france uh which is a uh, absolute monarchy and uh they come back with all these ideas of things like voting democracy personal freedom liberty human rights (laughs) And yeah, France does not get along with those ideas.
0: So funny enough, the French really said, "I don't care if America wins; I just need England to lose."
1: Yes. Yep. And yes. then they came. Then all. And then the entire French army came back with the idea of personal liberty and started a war with themselves.
0: Also, a little lesser-known fact: uh, the Spanish actually helped uh, the American Revolution too, by actually. By using Texas cattle farm or from Texas cattle farms or pastures and helped fed the American Revolution. They also hired out a lot of privateers to harass the British Navy on the high seas. However, America... That connection's a little more tenuous because they were privateers. Yeah, I Although, I really um... love that part, though. Like, just a whole cattle a cattle herd being brought over to help feed the American Revolution.
1: Well, uh, if you Um, if you want to talk about people helping the American, uh, revolution, uh, it should also, uh, um, be noted that, um, uh, back in season one, we covered a little place called, uh, Tobago, the Isle of Despair, Hmm. um, where, during which point we do talk of, uh, briefly about how the French raiding the British Caribbean, uh, colonies... Uh, helped distract British forces away from the American Revolution, uh, so far as the French actually captured Tobago during the Revolutionary War. (laughs) Uh, So, one other question, then. Uh, Yeah, because I want to get back on track with this. France,
0: then, would have been America's first export of freedom.
1: Yes, (laughs) They're also America's first ally, and they were the first nation to recognize the uh, United States as a nation. They were the first nation to recognize the Declaration of Independence as a legitimate governing document. And we pay them back by making fun of them. I
0: actually believe Morocco has that distinction.
1: Ooh, does Morocco have... I believe
0: Morocco has that distinction, which is really a weird one.
1: That's really... Yeah, because... Didn't, like, the U.S. Marines, like, our first, like, foreign war was sending Marines over to North Africa? Yeah, to fight the Barbary pirates. Yeah. The U.S.
0: Constitution was part of that.
1: An incredibly uncomfortable song (laughs) that I remember from my years of high school outside (laughs) outside Quantico.
0: Yep. So Um, Morocco was one of the first countries to recognize the United States and open its ports to American ships, by decree of Sultan Muhammad III in 1777, oh, so this man. was mid Revolutionary War. Yeah. Oh wow.
1: Yeah, because the Revolutionary War is a decade-long war. This was a war of attrition.
0: And France did not recognize the United States until February 6, 1778. Yeah. So Morocco, Wait, Morocco. <laughs> that's a. That's like the United States. It's like is we the like the ally. support. Like I like the support, but at the same time unexpected allies everyone hates yep. the british i mean everyone, that's fair everyone, <laughs> they just <everyone>. said
1: <laughs> yep. yeah it's an everyone hates the england thing uh so i mean back to the uh back to the amer you know from the american revolution to the fourth of july itself mm. uh we, we're gonna get to talk a little bit about some things that happened today but first of all celebrations right because you know it's the birth of a nation it deserves to be celebrated but how do you celebrate the fourth of july well the answer is simple it is a refined regal elegant affair full of dignity for the original celebrations uh are modif- were uh, modeled after the celebrations of the birthday of the king so in uh britain at the time you would celebrate the king's birthday um i think uh, they still do that to some you know to some degree um over there maybe not in the same way but you know uh, they do do that and uh that would mean for the american revolution uh, in america you would light a bonfire and uh, have a solemn prof- uh, procession full of the ringing of bells and political oratory
0: <laughs> i i think that part might have gotten lost in translation cuz now we like booze burgers oh.
1: and booms oh don't worry that comes up later there's a oh, whole okay. thing on how, I mean, on how you got we get from bonfires there's, there's a whole thing for how we get from a to b and his name is john adams <laughs> Oh no! Oh, the American does some things.
0: Oh no! And
1: Please tell me he just throws the wildest ass parties, and that's throws where America gets an
0: absolute it. banger. He's I'm just a throwing leave- a rager on the White
1: House lawn. <laughs> <lot. laughs> I'm I'm gonna leave that in suspense. Oh, so yeah, no, so the did. original the original way of celebrating the Fourth of July was for various political hopefuls to, uh, or even just your crazy uncle to get in front of a crowd of people and just start ranting uh about what they wanted the country to be. And they would effectively either sing praises of or hold public comedy central roasts of, uh of prominent political figures.
0: Are you fucking telling me Alexander Heldick got to yeah. roast some of these people on a 4th yes. of July so party? You're telling yes. me yes. that yes.
1: Hamilton so, you know, the, was real. The, 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 <laughs> so, the Fourth of July party has effectively uh, what that originally was is now basically the White House press conference uh, every every year. That press dinner,
0: yeah. Oh the, my where god, the, where
1: the president gets up and makes you know witty remarks at you know CNN and Fox News and all those good people.
0: Yeah, I saw Joe Biden's one not too long yeah. ago.
1: Yeah, yeah, that th- that is basically what the Fourth of July celebrations originally were, except it's everyone and their uncle doing it.
0: <laughs> I mean, quite literally at that point.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh my god, that's is, that is exactly how I would picture the founding of America. <laughs> we all get together, get drunk and roast the fuck out of each other.
1: Yeah. Now, the original the original 4th of July celebration, the one held in 1776, um was different even uh from these uh in this regard as instead of celebrating the uh birth of the nation, uh, they held a mock funeral for the king of England. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: They held, they held
1: a funeral for a living man. USA, USA,
0: USA, USA. Uh,
1: it was meant as a sim uh uh sort of to symbolize the death of tyranny oh. and the authority of the of the United Kingdom of Great Britain over the yes. United States of America.
0: Death to the tyrants. Uh,
1: because these 13 colonies of and ought to be by rights free. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, yes. Uh, <laughs> the, and this is where John Adams does something.
0: God damn it. The bad lad. John
1: Adams writes a letter. He writes a letter um, to, I believe, uh, either his wife or his daughter. I don't recall during which he lays out a vision he had, while witnessing these celebrations, of the future of America celebrating its birth. And it is a prophetic vision, for he describes it as a day of community and revelry, a day of games and of fireworks, of parades and bonfires. He describes what we do now in a letter so after we an a wrong. fake funeral for his king. I mean,
0: honestly, I've been in a few Fourth of July parades. They're pretty great, especially when you get to throw candy and stuff. Man, it's yeah. great and being uh, on the floats.
1: Yep, yeah, yeah it's very fun. And the thing is, uh, Philadelphia apparently had a copy of that letter because the very next year Philadelphia is the only city that celebrates the 4th of July because you know major war um and they celebrate it um by a with a massive fireworks display that is heralded in by a 13 cannon salute <laughs> yes.
0: you know what that's what we've been missing all these years fire the cannons
1: 13
0: cannons firing at the end of each night i hope that they yeah. actually were firing upon british targets at the same time so the british are just like oh my god are they firing upon us or are they celebrating they they're like in the fireworks they <laughs> see the bombs it's uh. like the middle of the night and the guards are standing here like what's that and then suddenly the guy next to him gets obliterated in <laughs> one of the yeah. 13 and it's like a, a 13 sl- uh was it called uh like a 13 salute. cannon salute it's a 13 yeah.
1: cannon salute it ended with a 13 rocket salute so they fired into the air the second time um i'm guessing they probably learned from the uh first time that cannonballs do come down <laughs> i mean so do the rockets the way the british used them oh no. yeah but no the rockets are meant to explode in air so you know
0: i thought that was later american rockets no, no that's 1981
1: no no, no uh, rocketry has existed uh long before uh, the American Revolution uh, in fact during the revolution uh um, the national anthem actually makes bombs reference yep. so,
0: in yeah
1: yeah yeah so that's actually British rocketry air, uh, trying uh you know trying to effectively uh fire on the American forts
0: <laughs> yeah because if I remember correctly uh, it's one of the it, it's one of the um, British. It's one of the main British artillery and I think at one point they actually had one mounted to cannons, or, or like on like the forward bow on some ships.
1: Yeah, they, it was a primary form of British cannery. Its main purpose was to uh, was basically an intimidation display. It was designed to put explosions over people's heads. It was designed to illuminate targets for the actual gunners and um, it was designed to basically scare you so that you didn't know which missile was the one that would actually come to kill you and which one was just the one to distract you
0: as somebody who has
1: it often had a uh, it it at times would have a reverse effect like uh, during the siege uh, where the national anthem is written as uh, the defenders and uh, the people watching sort of saw the massive amount of fire being rained down on them and it didn't kill them and it strengthened their resolve to hold out because uh, some, they can't kill us. <laughs> We've survived everything.
0: So what's interesting is that somebody who has been near a firework as it's gone off, if it, if, like, yeah, great, cool. It doesn't kill you. However, it is very disorienting. Yeah.
1: So I mean, it is a very, it is, is
0: tactical in that
1: yeah, sense. Yeah. yeah. That, that is the point of most rockets was to disorient you. And also Mark, you said the guy with the actual cannon knows where to aim.
0: Hey, oh, you we see, see them the right cra- there? Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: Yes. <clears throat> yeah, we do the same thing today with uh, flares and smoke. You know, it's like, oh, that's what we're supposed to be shooting at.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's very it's very effective.
1: Yeah. Also, trace But lines. also,
0: it's really cool. It's a really cool fun fact that rockets were used in the American Revolution. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so that's how they celebrated the first one in Philadelphia, which also I think is important to highlight. Philly was the capital of the country at the time. Did did Philadelphia see the war, too? Like, was there a lot of fighting around Philadelphia?
1: Uh, No, I believe uh, there were aspects. However, the main uh, British force was largely contained to the coast, uh, where the British Navy could exert uh, control. And cities like Boston, New York, and Charleston faced the brunt of the assault.
0: Boston was okay. almost entirely engulfed by the British. New York, uh, they took most of Manhattan, but not the surrounding countryside. Yeah,
1: and uh, with New York also, the British uh, efforts there were hampered by the fact that New York burns down halfway through the war. So and Washington
0: just sits gone. there and watches, like, "Whoa, what a fortuitous mm-hmm. event!" Yeah. So, so we know about the first celebration, right? Did like celebrations continue? afterward or was there like a little bit of pot kind of like how thanksgiving where like uh the president would announce a thanksgiving day but it's not like an official holiday
1: so the holiday doesn't really uh be established or celebrated for another 15 to 20 years uh displays are intermittent in one part because of the war and another part because um the united states is starting to figure out what itself is as a country it's actually allowed to govern Uh, itself because the war does eventually end over that period and we're kind of figuring out how elections work what laws are things like that as a nation uh the uh uh you know there's just too much going on however uh george washington does note down the date of 4th of july as a celebratory date for his men and issues double rations to them uh in 78 and 81 uh the two years where such supplies were available for him to do so
0: no wonder he's such a revered leader.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Someone gave uh, me... Pe- oh, no. Is this the origin of the corporate pizza party?
1: God damn it! Well, well, as how. Well, seeing as how we had a very tough quarter in Valley Forge, yes.
0: <laughs> no! Well, uh, unfortunately, since we lost for those the big...
1: Bigger- for, for those who don't know, Valley Forge was a winter camp established for the Continental Army by George Washington... That had no food or fuel uh, to keep its men warm and fed during the winter.
0: Well, due it did Unforeseen it, it, events where half the army died. We now have extra rations. Yay! <laughs> Some of them also didn't have shoes. Apparently.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a recurring thing in in revolutions within within America.
0: They didn't have shoes. <laughs> For whatever reason. Oh, no, imagine there's Washington a British Lee. business that says... <laughs> just you know,
1: both start rising up behind us. No shirt, no shoes,
0: no service. Yeah. But, oh, uh, damn. They couldn't go but, into 7-Eleven. Oh, no. Yeah. That's why they were hungry all the time. <laughs> no slushies.
1: Yeah. Anyway, 4th uh, of July does begin to get celebrated again uh, in the 1820s and 1830s uh, as the death of two of its signers, Thomas Jefferson and John Adams... Uh, on july 4th of 1826 adds a degree of significance to the date it is also i believe uh the death of the last of the people to sign it the last of the founding fathers and
0: there's also a really ominous quote that john adams spoke that really resonates
1: the man the man was a prophet he predicted the whole damn celebration so
0: john adams his dying words were jefferson lives not knowing that Thomas Jefferson had died, like, two hours prior.
1: Yeah.
0: They both died same day, and that was his his dying words. Like, And I, I just also find it very interesting because, one, what a fucking patriotic day to go out on. I mean, the 50th anniversary of the signing, you both decide to, like, tap out. And, two, I also find it kind of prophetic because, like you said, they went against each other a lot. Yeah,
1: yeah. They, um,
0: they both were like, "I've seen enough." They I were bitter go. rivals, but they also held a very common goal, which is something I think is yeah. oftentimes lost.
1: Yeah. Now.
0: You mean two people of op- opposite? Aaron, don't go them. there.
1: Listen, don't go there. Aaron, be silent. Yeah. Anyway, so let me cause problems. Um, listen. So leading up to this point, uh, and sort of with the start off, you know, resumption of celebrations in the twenties and thirties, um once again the celebrations are very formal they're very um you know sort of stylized uh the uh two emerging political parties uh use them as a sort of national convention style platforms where anyone who wants to be anyone for these parties goes to a partisan celebration and gives some speech about uh america and freedom and what they're gonna do for it um Politicians lay out their platforms, they speak on political issues, um, and uh, there were uh, two other sort of celebrations that occur uh, in this sort of gap leading up to it, um, as people kind of try and figure out what day we should celebrate prior to both Jefferson and Adams kicking it. Uh, the first one is celebrating George Washington's birthday, because there's nothing like treating a man who refused to crown like king.
0: It, it it also is very emblematic and i find it kind of neat how people are like they they really do revere george washington but he also just didn't want it and i think that's something that's also kind of lost a lot more frequently now is
1: you know yeah.
0: he he stepped down voluntarily after two two terms in office and then there's people who consistently try and run and run and run and
1: yeah but anyway
0: i mean like he is the, he's the one who basically turned Tr- like, set the tradition for yeah. two terms because I mean, it wasn't legalized until after FDR. Yeah, yeah. thanks, Roosevelt. Yeah. Yeah,
1: hey, anyway. got
0: anyway. us through the war, didn't he?
1: Anyway, anyway, Rich. anyway. The other day that tries to take over uh, truly emphasizes just how uh, rapidly America starts off divided in that the other day that tries to get celebrated as the uh, day of celebration is the date of Thomas Jefferson's inauguration. I'm just going to leave us with that. Uh. Uh, It did not survive uh, him leaving office, uh, thankfully. As, um, you know, I believe the whole point of this country is not paying tribute to one man. That's kind of why the war started.
0: I mean, some things get lost to time.
1: Yeah, got lost. Apparently, it was lost in the people who started it.
0: (laughs) I mean, listen, it's like what twenty years. I mean, yeah, it those people automatically forgot. They got too cozy. Yeah.
1: Anyway, um, yeah. But uh, as uh, as we move into the eighteen twenties and thirties, and the nineteenth century moves on, we uh, we begin to see a lot more people enter the fray. You know, the celebrations are still very political. But people begin to realize it doesn't have to just be political for the political parties. Yeah, boy, let's
0: get on it! Yeah, a bunch, yeah
1: all <laughs> the a, a number of other groups uh, start performing the same celebration style as the political parties. You know, big speeches, toasts, roasts, all that stuff. Um, but for their own... Um, their own goals uh uh including uh the abolitionists uh women's rights and the temperance movement
0: Boo! Oh, not the
1: temperance. and i just have to wonder how the hell a toast works if you're in the temperance movement
0: we hereby toast our glasses of water to temperance
1: yeah. pocket losers uh, uh, in- man yeah uh And here's a fun fact. Uh, There was an incredibly, uh, which I find to be an incredibly un-American thing by a group claiming to be the most American. The nativists nativists refused to celebrate. Now, the nativists were a uh, political organization of 19th and even early 20th century America that were basically the anti-immigration people of their day. That was their whole platform was that immigration should not exist. Immigrants should not live in this country. Et cetera, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. They lost the name, but they never died. Anyway, the nativists refused to celebrate uh, uh, the Fourth of July Independence Day because in their words, and this is their own words <clears throat> uh, you know, uh, allowing immigration is a perversion of the rights of the people of America. And so long as that perversion exists, they could not celebrate. That was their claim. That was their mentality. Um, thy grave was not dug hastily enough.
0: <laughs> so, okay, they they took a very perverse look at it. Now, I could imagine that beyond the normal celebrations, that on Independence Day, they would try to coincide some major events like i know the statue of liberty was delivered on on the fourth
1: yep uh a number of groundbreaking ceremonies are scheduled for independence day uh the statue of liberty was presented to the united states from france on uh july 4th 1884 thanks france yay france additionally uh it was very common for infrastructure to coincide with that day as the groundbreaking ceremonies for uh the Erie Canal, and the Ohio and Baltimore Railroads uh, were both uh, scheduled for that day. Uh, this is not the day they opened. This is the day that uh, people started construction on them.
0: The groundbreaking oh. ceremonies.
1: Yeah, yeah Which... that's, that's what I was saying, because I, I need to clarify that, because it gets very confusing, because everyone's looking at like the date that they open. <laughs> but like, like, the N- Erie we'll Canal celebrate.
0: was hugely, hugely yes. instrumental with yeah. opening up the American interior.
1: Yeah, the, the yeah, and so are these railways. Just the ability of you know again, public works, public infrastructure, is kind of uh, the theme for a lot of these uh, ceremonies. Uh, for a lot of uh, these things that are scheduled on the Fourth of July, It's still very a public you know event. Um,
0: it makes sense. Knock out two birds with one stone. Fireworks yeah. can get expensive.
1: Yeah, and um, yeah, it's this, and uh, it also led to some interesting uh, quirks of history um, with all these different groups sort of coming out and you know saying you know we celebrate or don't celebrate Independence Day because of politic thing here um, in 1859 uh, there was a group called the Banneker Institute of Philadelphia they decided um, that you know, this whole American Revolution thing, this Independence Day—you know, Eve of the Civil War, mind you—Independence Day is looking a little too white. So they went out to the African American community of Philadelphia and told them that they needed to get out there and celebrate Independence Day, um, because, as a means of—and this is this is this is their logic—as a means of showcasing the inconsistencies between the ideals of the Constitution and life of america yes praise us we failed you (laughs) i mean
0: to be fair there's a certain level of social commentary there of like look at the discrepancies look at this i i can understand it to make a point but yeah not
1: the best look that the same year
0: uh harper's ferry happened
1: i don't know
0: 1859 yeah john brown and harper's ferry in virginia Okay, so when did it really transform dry. into the party central?
1: Yeah. Yeah, so you know, so things are happening. Um uh, well, the uh the big change comes uh later in the 19th century when uh Congress uh after surviving the Civil War uh makes it a national holiday in 1870. Uh it becomes uh, it moves from this political holiday to a leisure holiday. And with that, it transforms into the most important secular holiday on the American calendar, uh, so much so that it is actually celebrated in even some of the most remote towns of the American frontier. Uh, a number of uh, people uh, who had their testimonies recorded in the early 20th century described growing up on the frontier and how Independence Day was the one day where everyone from all the ranches all would gather in the town and you would meet everybody because it was the one day everyone was going into town oh wow um that's a fun thing uh and then from then on up through the 20th up into the early 20th century um it became increasingly associated with entertainment venues it became the major midsummer holiday uh amateur fireworks became a thing uh (sighs) heavy drinking to celebrate fourth of july also became a thing These two factors coincided uh, in a social movement called the Safe and Sane 4th of July movement, which strove desperately (laughs) to reduce the amount of injuries resulting from mixing alcohol and explosives. I don't see what could possibly go wrong with
0: the combination of those two. I definitely was wasn't a. a I definitely didn't
1: experience most of those Fourth of July moments. <laughs> um, yes, it appears that common sense did not really exist, especially when you give someone beer and a boomstick. <laughs> listen, the,
0: listen. the The average American has a high school diploma. Take that for what you will. Um, and that's all they. That's all they. Uh, that's all you really need to operate fireworks out in your backyard. And for anyone outside of America that thinks. Every American gets drunk and lights off fireworks. It's not all of us, but it is a starkingly high number. Like I, I would guesstimate around sixty to sixty-five percent have partaken in those activities. Well, you also well, have to remember. I, I, I think. It,
1: I think it's a, a lot of people also still have to work. Just because you really only need one guy to detonate this stuff, everyone else just gets to watch.
0: But I mean, they're yeah. still
1: participating in
0: some degree. Yeah. yeah, you also have to remember but, that also, like, you're on Fourth of July. You're either drinking and partying, or you're at work because your company said, "No, you don't get the
1: day off." Yeah, so it's funny you should mention freedoms day only off. for
0: those who aren't shackled by yeah. the chains of retail.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's funny you should mention the day off there, Aaron, because um, our next big event for the Fourth of July and American Independence Day is, of course, right before uh, the United States enters World War Two because 1941 congress makes the, the 4th of July a paid holiday for federal employees meaning it's not only a national holiday but it's a day off Ooh, and that's, i get paid yeah yep. that's that's a big one and uh, it is at about this convention of the long weekend it <laughs> is, is at about this time in the transition to the post war world after World War II that the holiday takes the form we know it as today. Uh, parades, patriotic music, fireworks, uh, the barbecue is introduced uh, as the main form of meal and gathering for the day.
0: There's the burgers. The
1: burgers yeah, there brats. You go. Um Yeah. It completely at this point has lost its, ven- its importance as a sort of venue for politics. Uh, it does remain a symbol of national power. It emphasizes the American qualities of freedom. And uh, it's about as we know it today, and as it's made this transition, there is one last tweak that happens to uh, Independence Day. Uh, and that is the practice of, um, of celebrating it always on a weekday uh it's the only federal holiday to uh to do that it's the only holiday to ever really do that um as if the 4th of july is a saturday it will be celebrated on friday the 3rd of july and if the 4th of july is a sunday it shall be celebrated on monday the 5th of july i mean to be fair what you get the day off (laughs)
0: to be fair that's how all federal holidays do work at least when you are in a position that gets those days off, is yeah. they usually fall on the weekend, the day before, the day after. But yeah, to set yeah. that precedent is kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, but it's also the celebration is held. Uh, yeah, it's,
0: it also helps for like other places to schedule when they want to do their Fourth of July celebration. So in um, some towns, they might do it like the day like on that friday if fourth july is on a saturday they might do it on that friday and then uh town over might do it on the fourth. so that way they still get everybody to come in because you know everybody's gonna get hungry yeah so yeah, yeah so basically it is a for a lot of towns especially like if you're in the rural part of the country you're just going from one town to the next town to for a party each different day And lots of fireworks. Firework shows are very, very prominent. I mean, in Washington, D.C. themselves, they host two separate fireworks shows, one on the National Mall and one in the uh, water. I was lucky enough to get to experience one of the fireworks shows. And I, I kid you guys not that the fireworks show itself lasted for almost three hours. Like the whole last hour or like 45 minutes of it was just the finale. They probably uh, burned through $15 million worth of fireworks. I, uh, one of the best firework displays that I've ever seen was actually um, in Michigan. So I was up there for – I was up in the Upper Peninsula near uh, Sault Ste. Marie. And Mackinac Island has, a ver- has like, an amazing fireworks display. And I, And since I was in the Scouts, we were on a campsite on the lake. Oh. So the fireworks were shooting as you know, like we're like, it's late, but like we certainly saw them shooting out those fireworks. So we all stayed up for like an extra hour just to watch this amazing fireworks, which I mean, like if you're on the island, it was probably a lot cooler, but it was still great from where we were. Oh, for sure. Like to see that and to see the fireworks over the water has to be unreal. I mean, Chicago's our fireworks show is on the water. It's held right off the end of Navy Pier, so, you know, that's always a really fun time, and there's a lot of celebrations. I mean, people have barbecues, you'll have parties, you'll have festivals, entertainment. It's just, it's such a good time, and it's It's, truly the most American thing in the world. So, people always talk about uh, Christmas being that like the time when everybody comes together regardless no it's fourth of july because we like we like it because it doesn't matter who you are if you want to get drunk and watch fireworks everybody everybody friend, friend of a friend (laughs) yeah yeah. oh yeah i can't tell you how many times i've met people at fireworks shows
1: yeah basically the tenants of this holiday are alcohol and explosives yes be- uh, and camaraderie
0: booze, booze burgers and booms that's my three B's of the fourth of july okay Colin, we gotta know what was your favorite fireworks display come on like me and justin already got ours and we need to know your favorite um, i
1: don't know i don't really remember them too much i like it's sort of just like i see them and then i forget oh, oh come on I, I
0: do have one that i can input that i think is a very american mm-hmm. thing okay I've go seen, on
1: i've seen the one i've seen you know the one in the national mall i've seen a couple that, that are that's my held in various that's a good places, one uh in uh you know in virginia in illinois in texas i've seen them you know sort of all around the country um they're all pretty damn big i wasn't uh, oh yeah. sorry no it's all good it's okay i don't have any interesting stories i'm not I, i'm not you know Aaron over here, who clearly is hiding some story where someone blew their hand off.
0: <laughs> I have a cousin who lost his eye to a firework, but that's a different story. I mean, uh, I, I, we were. Uh, I was in Tennessee with my dad, and I was a young, young child, uh, probably like ten or eleven. I was not a teenager, but I was younger. We stopped at a firework stand in Tennessee, a stand on a lone country road, just a tent with a bunch of fireworks under it, and my dad bought. Uh, one they had just this package it said m80s and it was like 20 bucks so he bought it turns out it contained like ten m m80s i i lit them off yeah it was absurd um and then he also bought a box it was one of those firework display shows in a box you light a single wick and it's an entire show it was it called itself d-day and he lit that and it was an entire show like it went on for over 20 minutes it was incredible Oh. i'll tell you see i wish what so oh, one fourth of july so americans who have been abroad around the fourth of july um might might will like probably get this and i feel sorry for the brits who had to put up with us i've told these guys uh beforehand no,
1: you don't but, have to tell them the story you don't have to put it on the internet it's, it's
0: okay. great story it's a great story so, because it's, not, it's nothing bad or anything, but like we put, we were the quintessential Americans abroad when it came to the 4th of July because we were, because um, in 2021, I was on a, I was getting ready to go on a dig in the UK with a bunch of other Americans and we had to quarantine. And what ended up happening was, uh, 4th of July was the day we happened to like leave quarantine. So, what we did was, Manchester has a canal running through it. So, what we decided to do was, Do our own little version of of the dumping of the tea in the harbor by taking British tea. That we made it, throwing it in the canal. And then when we got on the bus... As if Manchester's the... canal isn't already polluted enough, Aaron. There's like a few bodies in there for the Manchester pusher, but you know...
1: Listen, listen.
0: But listen. like, we got on it's, the, school, it's we got a, it's the bus. It's a British
1: waterway. There's no ecology for him to destroy. Though. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: we get we get on the bus and, you know it's us the americans decided we we're all like we're gonna go in the back seat because we are the party of this trip because it's the fourth of july so we all get in the back of the bus except for like maybe a handful and we all decided to be like all right so we'll pick up the british kids at the university of manchester we're gonna start singing american songs and we're all like all right we, what we got here we got party in the usa we got born in the U.S." <laughs> let's see we got like let's see we had like uh we had a few other ones i can't quite remember um but like we sang like five different songs before we quieted down and actually started talking to the british students that was like when americans are abroad during the fourth of july you'll know you'll know yeah
1: yeah this is if like every country that ever gained independence from england were to sing a single song to england england would be there for a year oh no <laughs>
0: yeah what is it like a hundred and sixty some out of the uh, 170 nations in the united oh, no, in no, the united no. that, nations
1: that, oh no that that's the number of nations the english have been at war with <laughs> oh okay invaded, yeah they did not they did that's the number they've invaded not the number that they've actually like held dominion over
0: it's still, it's a large number. It's over a hundred that they've held dominion over. Why don't everyone
1: hate us?
0: Oh, don't yeah. get it.
1: But any, anyway, anyway, I'm gonna stop the offe- I'm gonna stop. i stop the semi offensive action. I do
0: love the UK. I did love being there. It was a great time. I met great people. But I will never get tired of being like it's Tuesday, isn't
1: it? Listen, listen. I've been, I've been to London too. I've been to the good UK. old London town. Um, my favorite part was how in the middle of London they have a statue of Boudicca, a woman who burned that city to the ground. <laughs> yeah!
0: That's weird. Um,
1: but, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think we're coming up to the sort of end of uh, end of our time here, and uh, I'm just going to leave it off with a little question uh, from my other two co-hosts since we're doing 4th uh, of July stories here at the end. Uh, did either of you ever get those little smoke grenades uh, for the 4th of July? They're little... Uh, they're little uh, balls. Uh, had little wicks out, of them. you light oh! them, the and colored smoke comes out.
0: Yes, yeah. I've had those. I've had the little ones that are cardboard tanks that you light like yeah. the wick on, and then they like roll and shoot the smoke oh, out. Oh, Did God. you guys get like the ones that the hand looked like they were supposed to fly? Yeah, I've had ones oh. that flew as well. Yeah, there's a lot of smoke bombs
1: you can get yeah yeah, yeah that's that's the most thing I remember it's just do
0: you guys just, remember the snakes remember. the ones that would always like stain the concrete? So Aaron, that's what we did with all the M80s that box full because there were just more than I could light. So what me and my cousin did was we took about a thousand of them and we tied all the wicks together and we made a large snake and it went the length of my my grandparents property which was over an acre. And we lit it, and it went all the way down. So this is Justin's origin story. I got... There we go. <laughs> <laughs> On that tragic bombshell, thank you guys for watching. If you enjoyed... Oh my
1: god, sh- is this why you're obsessed with that phrase?
0: Be sure to like, <laughs> like <laughs> down below. Be sure to subscribe. And if you enjoyed, please share with people. Let them know how you, how you enjoyed it. Thank you for watching.